the Bible Study Podcast, episode 143. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with Acts chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We left off last week with verse 16 of chapter 5, and so we'll continue on starting in verse 17. The Apostles Persecuted. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. So this is an interesting little vignette that happens here. Notice it says the high priest and his associates, the Sadducees. Again, there are two parts of the Sanhedrin, two different parties. Big differences between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. One is that the Sadducees tended to work more with Rome, and they also tended to be more wealthy. And then in terms of religious differences, the Sadducees believed in only the first five books of the Old Testament and therefore did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And the Pharisees, despite all the disagreements they had with Jesus, are the party that are closer to the people, and it's the Pharisaic tradition that actually leads to the rabbis of this day. So it's the Sadducees in this case who have trouble because they're jealous of the apostles. And so they arrest them, they put them in jail, and God breaks them out. So uh, there's something that doesn't happen every day, and so they go to pick up their prisoners and find the cells locked, they find the jail locked, they find the guards on duty, and they don't find the apostles. But they haven't hidden, they're out there teaching, and so they go and they invite them kindly to come to the Sanhedrin because they're afraid at this point that they're in such good favor with the people that at this point they're afraid that they will be stoned if they use any violence to bring the disciples, to bring the apostles before the Sanhedrin. Isn't that a bit of a turnabout? Isn't that interesting compared to where we were not that long ago, where the apostles were the ones who were in hiding? But these are the apostles who are acting in the name of God, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and who are doing what God tells them to do through his messenger, in this case an angel. Continuing on, having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. 
God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, and that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutius appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers were dispersed. And it all came to nothing. After this, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So standing before the Sanhedrin, the apostles say, we're not going to stop. God has told us to spread this news, and we are spreading it, which so enrages them that they're about to be killed. And then you get the voice of reason. You get Gamaliel, who is remembered kindly both in the biblical account. This is the only mention of Gamaliel, but Paul, or Saul, is a student of Gamaliel, we'll hear later on. And he is also a student of Hillel. And if you go to most colleges in the U.S., you may find a Jewish group there, a student group there named Hillel. And this is a student of Hillel, one of the two factions within the Pharisees, and a faction that continues then to this day. And you get this voice of reason from this well-regarded teacher of Judaism who says, hang on a second here. If this is of God, you won't stand a chance fighting it. And if it's not, it'll go away. If it's not, it'll go away like those other people who claimed to be somebody. And he names two specific examples who we've never heard of. I doubt that you had heard, if you hadn't read this, of those two people. So Gamaliel was right. In those cases, they were forgotten. And their disciples and their followers were scattered. And he says, this will be the same way in this case if this is not of God. So let them go. He persuades them. They have them flogged. Did you notice as they are walking out with their backs bleeding from being flogged they are rejoicing and they're rejoicing because they've been counted worthy they've been counted worthy to suffer in disgrace for the name is the way it says here in my version and name is capitalized for the name of jesus they've been counted worthy to suffer disgrace in his name and jesus told them when he was doing his earthly ministries that if they treated me this way they will treat you that way also and now they have and they'd never stop Day after day, they never stop teaching. They never stop proclaiming the good news. They understand who they need to take their orders from, and that's what they do. And we're going to continue on into Acts chapter 6, because we're going to set up next week's story about Stephen. 
Acts chapter 6 starts this way. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicoron, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. They have this problem now, internal problems. They've just dealt with an external threat, persecution, then it's about to start up in earnest in a couple chapters, but now they have this internal problem, and it's, she got more than I got. It's basically the two different set of Jews feeling unequal treatment. The Grecian Jews are saying that our widows are not being cared for as much. And it's a real issue, but the apostles say, does it make sense that we should take care of this? Shouldn't we instead find someone else who can do this so that we can do what we should be doing? What we should be doing is teaching. What we should be doing is prayer. And everyone says that sounds like a good idea. And isn't it interesting that the job they're describing is waiting on tables, and what they look for is people who are wise and filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't look for previous waiting on tables experience, which seems like that would make a lot of sense. But what they're looking for is wisdom in dealing with this situation where people are treated unfairly, where someone is feeling left out. And so even in this, what is described as a menial task, a task that is literally beneath the apostles, a task that is not worth their time, even in this task, they're looking for people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they choose Stephen. And as we'll see in next week's lesson, Stephen is an appropriate choice. They also choose Philip, who we'll learn about a little later, and they choose five other people that this is the last time they're mentioned in the Bible, who probably spend time waiting on tables, which is what they've been asked to do. But they are doing what they are called to do. This is the beginning of the diaconate, or deacons, those who are called to help. And they're called to help in a very practical fashion. And we'll continue on with the story of Stephen next week, so come back for that. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or you can also send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Also, here's a new thing. If you have an iPhone, there is an iPhone app now available, which will let you stream episodes of the Bible Study Podcast to your phone. It also lets me put in additional material. I'm not sure how I will use that yet. It's been developed for me for free, and therefore there will be a cost, because the group that developed it, who's my hosting provider, are hoping to make some money on it. And so it, if you're interested in that, it's $2, and you can find it in the iPhone App Store. And with that, we'll end this episode. And thanks so much for listening. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? 
It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.